and we're going. Uh, hello, everyone. Welcome to our first episode of what do we want to call this? Sunday conversation. Our Sunday conversation with empathic future labs. Uh, we'll call it fireside chats. Fireside chats. Yes, with, <laughs> with Winston Churchill. Um, yeah. So there was an episode zero. Uh, listen to it if you want to, but the production quality is not that great. So uh, just be aware of that. Um, anyway, uh, today's episode is going to be focused around uh, our home life and, and sort of maybe the future of that, how, how we see that going. Um, so I'm, I'm Chris. I work as an architectural designer at Rink Chung in Milwaukee. Uh, we're a full-service architecture firm, do, archite- do architect-y things, and you know the usual. <laughs> and what is your favorite type of fruit? Whoa. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Oranges. All right, introduce yourself. <laughs> All right, so, so my name is uh, Christian Pepper. I, I am a reformed architectural employee. <laughs> I formerly, I'm in limbo at the moment. Yeah. Um, Hopefully something uh, comes up soon, but I don't know if you yeah. want to like go into that before you, before it's solidified or not. Yeah, we'll see. I'll, I'll get into, we'll get into that once, once uh, things become concrete, like yeah. you said. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we like, we were both educated at the same institution. It's a wonderful place. Um, <laughs> no, uh, it, it, it wasn't. It wasn't bad. Um, and it's at University of Illinois, and um, uh, we're interested in talking about uh, the future and how it affects people, <laughs> uh, specifically in the scope of experience and space. I guess environments. It's sort of. It's not a. It's not a small scope. I don't think. <laughs> I think there's a lot to talk about there. But this first episode. Um, following our introductory episode, which had problems regarding uh, sound. Do we want to just and kind of fidgeting. give a 10-second recap, or at least just kind of give, let's go over this uh, slogan that we have um, okay. before we kick kick off this episode, just so you know those who don't want to sit through our poor production quality yeah, kind of understand right. what we're about. We're going to recap that. Um, yeah, that works. So I think uh, what we're about, and, and we're calling ourselves the uh, empathic futures lab. Uh, so the idea is that we're exploring a human focused future, uh, in terms of like, we're, we're seeing all these, uh, virtual reality and sensor networks and AI, um, algorithms and things. And, and we're not necessarily against machines, but we're saying that, uh, as, as these things develop, as we start to get, uh, for lack of a better term, smarter objects around our environments that we live in, um, we also need to sort of balance that out with more human-centered approaches to design. Uh, so whether that's through research or uh, writing or just maybe what you think of more as actual design work, um, that's that's sort of where we're going with this. Right. So that leads us into our first topic um, today of homes. I think, you know, it's an environment that we all sort of inhabit that more or less everyone has a home or some place that they think of as home. Uh, so in a certain sense, it kind of makes sense to think about like, where are these possibilities that exist? 
in terms of like where we're going in the future and, and how we can make home more home if we even need it to be more home or how we make home not less home I guess that too um, yeah right. so you know I think as we kick into this maybe we delve a little bit into what what makes up home and then we kind of look at some of these technologies and see where they're kind of affecting the home environment that we live in. Um, you know, I just got a Google smart home, for example. So yeah. maybe we dive into things like that uh, and where that can, where that can go. We really should have invited another person for this talk, actually <laughs> thinking you, about it. You think probably so? wouldn't have been a bad idea if we talked to Robert. Oh yeah. Well, because I know that he's talked about this before. Well, maybe we will, we'll do a follow-up episode with him. Yeah, we'll have uh, to do that. Anyway, um, so the first thing that popped into my head, and I was writing about this just a couple minutes ago uh, regarding home, is that it's all about, I think it's all about memory, right? So it's just like whether it's something that you sensed with your eyes or your nose or, you know, tasted or whatever, but it creates those things together create those perceptions, create a memory um, that help you form this idea of, of what your, what your home is. And really that, that applies for any space, but uh, obviously the home is, is a certain collection of those that are really important to you, I think. Um, so that's sort of one thing that I was thinking about. Yeah, sort of and this. Uh, you're saying it's comfortable for you, or you're you're kind of just. It's it it provides a certain amount of familiarity, I think. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like it has to. Um, and so, I don't know where we want to go from that. I think one of the possibilities with that is, um, I think it's in a brave new world. Uh, this really interesting device, which um, basically, I think it just turns people basically in, into vegetables, um, and they're just totally absorbed into this thing that uh, it's it's uh, it's like a sense organ, I think is what it's called, um, and it just engages all your senses in order to create these insane experiences. Um, and so, if there's like a version of that for the home that comes with you wherever you go, you know, not necessarily like Google home, but maybe about the same size and, you know, form that it just comes with you and creates, uh, exudes these, uh, sensorial, these sensations that allow you to associate with the place that you're at, at that moment as, as your home, whether or not that's even the right thing to do to take one place. That's not one thing and try to make it another. I don't know, but, uh, that was one of the initial thoughts that I had regarding this, I guess. Huh. And this is something you've mentioned before, I think, but maybe yeah. not so, not quite as articulated. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I never, I mean, that's an interesting thought is like, can you bring home with you, right? I, I, I've yeah. thought of that to the extent in the past, like, do you do that with a hotel or an Airbnb to a certain extent? Right. Um, like, do you hook up sensors into hotels? Do you hook up uh, lights or maybe even smell emitters or something like that? Or sound emitters into a hotel room or an Airbnb to say, well, while I'm here, maybe I don't sleep as well as I am at home. Uh, I think that's uh, maybe a studied thing, hopefully. <laughs> um, but, yeah, you do that and maybe it feels like, oh, maybe you sleep better at night. Maybe you get better acquainted with your 
surroundings. Sure. Um, but yeah, I don't know to the extent that you say is it necessary. Uh, part of the fun of traveling is being in a new space. So uh, maybe part of that is defining where where we want to where the boundaries of home are, where we should introduce comfort, and where we shouldn't introduce comfort. Um, well, that's a good question. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have an answer? No, <laughs> not really. Um, then, yeah, I don't know. I think right there's the the, the want for a sort of a novel experience. Um, yeah, it's, it's all the Facebook fake news stuff too. It's like the, the, probably all kind of welds together. It's like discomfort's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think maybe something to think about now is like if we're doing that as a thought experience, experiment, like what is home as we're kicking off this conversation, what would you bring with you that makes something more home? Would you bring I smells think for with me, you? Oh, are you, sorry. I don't know, smells, hearing, uh, light? Smell is definitely a big one. Um, and the reason for that is, for me, is, um, well, over the last year, I've had a guinea pig. And so as soon as I enter my bedroom i know that i'm in my bedroom it's for very obvious reason <laughs> oh, um whether it's hay or guinea pig um pellets or even the fact that i feed him basil and mint and it makes the room actually smell that way after oh. he eats it um and peppers as well that it's that for me that's the smell is definitely a big one um, I also like to keep my room rather dark. I don't know why. I like I like some nice warm lighting, but not very expansive. But like the room generally, like a dim sort of <laughs> quiet environment. It's like living by candlelight in the eighteen hundreds. Yeah. <laughs> um, let me think. Right now, my room's completely disassembled because I'm moving. But so that's that's also a bit of an identity shock, I think. What about you? I don't know. I think uh, and smell probably. I'm sure that's a subconscious cue for everyone to say this is home, right? Or someone walks in, they're like, "Oh, that smells different from my place." Um, yeah. I think it's also maybe. Um, I want to say there's also like certain like sound patterns. Uh, okay. You know what kind of street sounds come out, right? If you're in the suburbs, is it really quiet? If you're in the city, do sirens go by? Or if you live by the L in Chicago, it's really loud. Uh, and I don't think those can be really discounted. Um, I know. definitely agree with you. I find that that constant noise or hum of a street not necessarily constant, but frequent, uh, somewhat comforting, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I, White noise is not bad. I, I think yeah. I heard some studies that, like, I don't know, maybe it was on a different podcast. Um, I don't remember where I heard this, but it's like, you know, uh, listening to nature is good for you. Listening to the city is kind of stressful, but maybe if it's if it's your home life consistently, maybe you're sort of used to it to a certain extent. Yeah. Um, yeah, so maybe that's fine. Um Okay, so if that's if this is the case and we're having this discussion about uh, what is home and um, what what do we or, or what is home, what makes up home, how do we kind of replicate these ideas? But uh, at the same time, you're looking at these little smart homes and they're basically glorified speakers with an AI assistant. Right. Um, what uh, like I got one and it's great. I love it, uh, but. It, doesn't do anything necessary, really. I, maybe I just haven't gotten in the swing of things with it. But 
you know, I use it to turn on and off my lights. Um, you know, I can say, hey, Google, turn on my living room light, and, and it'll do that. Um, or, or it can play music for me. Um, at right. My but, you know, like you, it's shaving off like a second of trivial effort. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not really making home more home. And it's just sort of helping me with some things. You know, uh, maybe I can ask it for how long does it take me to get back to my hometown to visit my parents and it'll give me drive time or. Yeah, that's definitely helpful. Uh, tell me the weather. Stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, um, Google. Hey, Google. Having... What's the weather in Milwaukee today? Right? And it's like. Is it going to respond? Yeah, I could get it to respond. Hey, Google. What's the temperature outside? In Milwaukee, it's currently 31. Yeah, it's so it's kind of cold. Yeah, it sucks. Um, yeah, so I, don't know. I mean, I've always found those personal assistants, um, at least these early iterations, uh, to be pretty gimmicky. They're sort of like a Palm Pilot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to a certain extent, you have to kind of be invested in their in the environment already to make it useful. Uh, like. So if you like, you have your smart bulbs and your smart thermostat and like yeah. everything else. I have my Chromecast so I can play music when I want it to play music. Um, but that makes sense. Like, you know, if if our buildings are constructed with smart materials from the beginning, you know, starting let's say now and moving forward, then you don't even you don't even have to go through that step. Right? That's true. That's true. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You don't. Maybe don't need uh, light switches everywhere like you do now. Um, maybe you only, necessary? Yeah. Maybe you just kind of put them in a couple places to turn off and on important light switches. Uh, yeah. Like should your smart home fail or you know whatnot. But maybe for the most part you don't need them around there. You just need more outlets. <laughs> right. Um, and maybe I don't know what else there could be. Uh, do you have like white tables instead of regular furniture for like better, better projection of things or, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it's not, not the most useful thing, I guess, from an actual life. You know, what could, yeah. I mean, that article that I just found before starting this, did you have a chance to get all the way through that? Not all the way through, but... Uh, okay. But its basic tenet was that we don't need to concern ourselves with taking a technology necessarily and asking ourselves, what can this technology do? But instead, to ask, you know, ask what, what problems people have, and then you know, how do we go about solving that? And if there's a technology that does that now, or if you need to make the technology to do that, then you do so, right? Right. No, I think that's definitely true. And one thing that has sort of been bugging me is we've been working through this is I can't, at this point anyway, see the big thing that smart homes are solving. Beyond maybe it's easier to use your voice than to use a dial or a light switcher. Right, just just interface. Right, just at interface. that point. Um, and to a certain extent... That, that one quote from this article, let me find it. Uh, so, so think of your smart home as a smart home assistant, like Jarvis and Iron Man, 
uh, homes don't solve people problems assistants do. Uh, to a certain extent, right, we're always talking about environments, um, whether it's like our physical environment or a digital environment or a natural environment, whatever. Um, but if we're looking at if, if it takes a smart home assistant rather than a smart home to do uh, to do work, how does that how does it, where does that leave us if we're kind of trying to design for or think about our environments? Is it not as necessary? Is it all just sort of tertiary information beyond the smart home? Is there any point to make the space smart? Yeah, is what you're asking. I, I guess. Is there any significance? I mean, well, it's I all think, just add-ons, right? It's like making the light bulb yeah. smart. It's making the thermostat start smart. How does it actually affect? I was I was trying to think about this earlier this week, um, and I was sort of went through a little bit of a thought exercise, thinking about like significant rooms in a uh, in a home, a typical home, we'll call it. That um, what what is important about them, and then if we wanted to, if you're making them smart, how do that how does that actually benefit people in mm -hmm. any way? Like what how can we m modify these places to create more benefit for people? I guess is sort of a really crude basic question. Okay. Uh, about that. So one of the ones I was thinking about. Um, I didn't really sort of work through this very well was let's just, uh, just considering the living room, right? Mm -hmm. Um, so if we think about the living room as sort of a social condenser for a family or you and your friends, or, um, instead of just a place where you sit and entertain yourself, um, you know, this, I guess the more traditional understanding of a living room, I guess is what I'm saying yeah but if we think about it that way how does how might you modify that um how might you modify that room uh to achieve that goal better to better achieve that goal um to make it a better social condenser and you know maybe this just leads to the sort of um uh, assistant realm you know this digital assistant realm but i think you could also like there's ways in which your living room could, you know, manifest itself and um, sort of get your get you and your friends or your family interacting in such a way, you know, whether it's, you know, digital projection or something else where it's like a game or some sort of uh, show that you're interacting with, I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, it was just, a, I guess, a really basic thought. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Well, it, it, it seems like every time we have these thought experiments uh, for these new technologies, it's always an interface problem, right? It's always an interaction with the interface. How do you how do you how do you interact with it? Uh, you know, is is it this voice thing? Is it that the walls move? Is it that you have a bunch of white walls that you can uh, project yeah. project onto? It's always it's always comes back to that. It's like projections, more or less, talking and moving walls. And I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm biased. Maybe I, I'm just thinking that these aren't creative solutions. But I feel like I don't think those are, are sort of like the cop out solutions, right? Let's just throw yeah. something on the wall. Let's just talk to it. Let's move the wall. Um, and maybe the moving the wall is more revolutionary than than 
than we're giving it credit for because we haven't found a good way to move a wall consistently yet and make it actually right. work. But I don't know if I buy that. I don't. I don't. I don't think I disagree. I don't think it's necessary. I don't think it's a very creative solution at all, and that's why I wasn't really going to bring it up. Yeah. <laughs> um, because it's it, to me, it just sort of seemed like the same thing over and over again, um, and it's not very exciting. Yeah. Uh, so. So. But then, does that always does that go back to like, uh, are we putting the cart before the horse? in terms of like, well, we're going to design some cool thing that moves or some cool thing that projects without saying like, well, what is home? What sort of activities are we doing in here that actually make these things useful? What are we, right. what issues are we trying to solve? But I don't know. I, for whatever reason, I'm just, maybe it's just cause I'm stuck in this old, old way of thinking, but it's like, what, what am I doing that necessarily is a problem that needs to be, that needs to be solved besides, you know, I like to be able to tell my lights how to turn on or when to turn on. I like to tell my music to turn on. Um, but yeah, I don't know. So what's the what's the problem? Uh, I don't know. Right? Like, okay, so home already is home. It already has the sounds of home. It already has the smells of home. Um, I mean, are you trying so to like make your home less home at a certain point? I mean, yeah, I, that was one thing I was thinking about also this week was maybe there's circumstances in which you don't want certain smells yeah. <laughs> um, where you don't want it to be, you know, if you're entertaining guests or something, you want, you want your home to be more flexible, mm -hmm. which then, I think that has manifested itself in a number of ways already, whether it's like the open floor plan right. or, you know, <laughs> right. what, what is, what is taking that to the next level? Mean, the open floor yeah. Plan? <laughs> And to a certain extent, we've kind of done that with smart homes by talking to the walls, by using technology. But, um, I don't know. Is it like when you're entertaining people, you decide whether you want the space to be sort of loud and reverberate or you want it to be quiet? Like, is that like acoustic panels, like that University of Michigan project that sort of unfold and fold in a way that like lets sound go through the room or not let sound go through the room? Um, you know, does that change how you perceive how you're how you're experiencing your home life when you have friends over versus when you don't have friends over? Right. Um, is it? I mean, this one example that I keep bringing up uh, is like, do you say that you want to have like a romantic dinner at home with your wife or girlfriend or whatever, and, and then what does that mean? Does your do your lights change to more of like a yellowish reddish hue and sort of dim down and all of a sudden your home becomes more quiet or something like that. Um, maybe the smell well, you just, changes. To so more. you're saying you just give the parameters of what you want to happen. like you, Or not even parameters. You just describe yeah. in plain words, plain language, you know, what you want to happen. And yeah. then it modifies itself for you in that way. But then what exactly how exactly does that happen? You know, that's, yeah. that's sort of, that's sort of the whole point of this discussion, right? Is that we want to, we want to try to come up with some sort of creative concrete solution for what exactly that means. And not just to say that the walls are smart and they project yeah. things. And does that even need to happen in a smart way? Like people have been doing that forever. You light some candles, turn off the rest of your lights and you, <laughs> you got your smell, <laughs> you got your lighting, you got your ambiance, right? 
Yeah, and the snow, and the, and hopefully you got some good food going as well. Yeah, it's like this thing that this uh, article on on Medium on what is it IoT, Internet of Things for all. It's like it's first world problems, and it's so true. And it's first world problems that it's solving. But maybe it comes down to like we don't know necessarily what third world problems are, or not third world, but you know, not maybe a lack of access to home in the first place uh, yeah or or just a lack of uh in, an inability to empathize with these people who yeah i mean we're obviously like well enough off that we don't have sort of day-to-day -day problems with our home all right we're also not homeowners so we don't have to manage yeah manage this stuff and i don't have to manage maintenance just tell the the, the real estate person to or the, the office or the apartment manager to deal with it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's not it's not so much a problem beyond this kind of dressing that we're putting on it. And yet, I feel like it's going to be a problem, or, or a problem in the sort of quote-unquote problem sense of the way, because this technology is coming, and we need to come up with a good way to use it. Or it's just not, I don't know, what, what, what's going to happen to it if we don't come the good way to use it. Okay, so I may have a small rebuttal. Okay. Let's give this a shot. All right, so let's say, you might have to roll some assumptions here. Um, let's say that uh, the way things are, like the world in general, is becoming more chaotic and haphazard and... Um, changing i uh, guess it's like straight out of a donald trump speech <laughs> america's falling apart anyway, no that's continue. not that's not 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 necessarily in a bad way okay continue not not like apocalyptically just um that the deluge of information that people have to deal with on the day-to-day -day, okay um yeah. from an input devote attention to um, the way and the amount of information that you have to curate for yourself, um, you know, and all this other stuff, mm -hmm. uh, let's say that it's creating an identity problem. Okay. Um, by strengthening the identity of your home, the place that you come back to, to relax and reset, does that does that help adjust the identity problem in any way for yourself individually? If the identity, if your if the identity of home is strengthened. And I guess when I say identity of home, I almost want to lean towards the idea that um, not necessarily, I mean, I guess in one, some ways you have an autonomous assistant, but like individual pieces of, the physical environment sort of speak for speak for themselves in an autonomous way, I guess. Sort of like customized more towards who you are, or you've just kind of grown more accustomed to the uniqueness of those things. Is that kind I of? I don't know. I think it could be one way or another. I'm not really sure. Uh huh. But, uh -huh. Um, maybe they know you more. They know you better, uh -huh. but you also are able to interact with these things in such a way that um, they have uh, sort of their own. Like, do they have like a literal, a literal personality? 
in a way. Maybe, maybe. I mean, you go back to this Jarvis example again, and then you switch to Friday. Like, I don't like Friday. Friday. When, when, uh, in Avengers 2, when Tony Stark gives, or is it, I think it's Avengers 2, when Jarvis becomes, uh, what's his face, and Friday is in Tony Stark's suit. You know, and it's true. And Pinhead, Jarvis has personality, and Friday doesn't. Anyway, well, that's, that's okay. off topic. So beyond, <laughs> I guess beyond the idea of autonomy, does making your home more home, does it help with the identity problem if there is one? <laughs> I don't know if there's an identity problem, but I, I, I suppose if you can relate better, right? Like it took me, or I guess like living in Milwaukee is is it's my home. And on a day-to-day basis, but to a certain extent, I still consider Naperville home, home with my parents. Um, right. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's because they're there, uh, or I have this sort of, like, nostalgic uh, attachment to that house in particular. So, sure, maybe maybe the ability to relate more to home makes a difference. Um I, I guess even in terms of like when I was looking for an apartment up here in Milwaukee, it made a huge difference because I didn't want my home. As I like to tell my friends is it has character. Uh, you know, it's, it has these kind of arched, arched ways and, and okay. some of the doors. Uh, it's, I think it's more plaster than drywall, which <laughs> is weird. It was built in the 1920s. So it makes sense. Okay. But it's, it's kind of strange. Uh, the toilet is one of the weirdest toilets I've, it's an actual toilet, but it's one of the weirdest toilets I've seen. Okay. Um, it but, has radiators as opposed let to me, like, heating. Let me, let me pull something out here that you said, like we, people have always used this term, like to refer to an older building to say it has character, but there's a very, there's a very significant reason why people say that. Um, it, a, it's personifying these things in a particular, in some way. Yep. Kind of, yeah, um, and that's definitely. that's just what I'm directly suggesting. Yeah, already, is to give it some sort of personality. Um, but the reason they say that is because, like, a place that is older has had, you know, it has had more memories built in it, right? It, definitely. Like each each mark on the wall. A very specific example is like a, a mark for you know each year that a child lives to see how tall they are, right? Right. Um, that's really common, um, and which often gets painted over when people move. But you know, if if the walls had to sound kind of creepy here, if the walls actually had a record themselves of what had happened, uh, whether or not the person's leave, or whether or not that person's moved out or, um, you know, and continued on and someone else has moved in, uh, to be able to relate to this in a more direct way, does that, I guess, is that, does that help? I love this. I I like this idea. I think it's it's fantastic. Um, and something I've actually, now that you bring this up, it, it brings back some, some of the thoughts I've had in the past, um, about, about some of these, about home and smart home and personality and identity and all these things. Uh, and it's sort of where I was going with this story to a certain extent about apartment searching in Milwaukee. Because uh, there are a lot of places around the similar price tag, uh, newer buildings, maybe mm-hmm. slightly smaller, maybe slightly bigger. The appliances were certainly on par, if not better. But there were kind of this like white drywall, flat ceiling, uh, open plan. Um, it, was, it was white carpet, 
it was like sterile, right? It's not, they were all the same, and this one was different in a way that was like good and also bad. Because like, I felt like I could make it my own more because it was so different and not so kind of one size fits all customized to everyone else, right? Okay. Um, but that brings up where I was kind of going with this in response to where you what you just proposed, because I think we could give it a thought experiment that suppose that these smart homes like Google Home or Alexa or uh, the potential future Apple HomePod or whatever that just got delayed, um, <laughs> kind of a little bit of a subtle Apple bash or not so subtle Apple bash. Um, <laughs> I, like, I, I like my phone. Yeah. All right, well, yeah. Well, suppose that these are, like, built into the home, right? Like, they don't have to be these removable things, or maybe you kind of want to take your data with you, which makes sense. I suppose that's understandable, but, like, what if they are? I don't think it necessarily should come with... I don't don't think I'm a proponent of it coming with you. Yeah, it doesn't have to come with you. No, that's that's exactly where I'm going with it. It doesn't have to come with you. Like, what if it stayed? What if you were, like, an outdoorsman in Vermont and you wanted that to stay there? Or, like, it had to stay there. Because, like, what's that personality going to do in Chicago, right? Um, So, like, does your phone or does your house have personality like that? Or if you're in Chicago and you're someone who likes to be outdoors versus someone who's, like, a tech geek, like, can your phone or can your home, sorry, uh, like take on that personality so when you sell it the next person perhaps is willing to pay more because they fit that personality right, right, right. okay more. so I think, I think i agree with you all right are you still are you still going no no okay so i think i think we have two things going on here is that the physical nature of home uh it takes it takes from you right so it absorbs like your memories and right. things that happen events and experiences right right uh-huh. and you're your preferences and so forth. But then the other, the other side of that is when you move, what do you take with? So obviously you can't take with the physical nature, the physical aspects of that home. Usually yeah. um, let's say, let's say you can't, but what you take with are those preference, you know, a part of your identity is those preferences and things. And so the new place that you go to, you know, it's already been modified by someone else, let's say based on their right. memories and, and, experiences but then you come in and provide another layer to it and this this obviously this already happens but this just sort of exploits that occurrence um and maybe creates some sort of profound social interaction because of it between people and not necessarily just between a person in their home yeah i mean in their home maybe it's sort of like a literal ghost but maybe in like a really benevolent not hostile or scary way Right. Maybe this needs to be a project. That would be a do. fantastic a cool project. proposal. Ghost homes. Ghost homes, but like in a good way. Not in the spooky, creepy... <laughs> we, could, we could call it Casper the Friendly Ghost Home. Casper the Friendly Home. That'd, yeah. be, a, that'd, be, a, that'd be hard to diagram, though. <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, that's sort of the challenge, is that a lot of these ideas that I think we were talking about would be hard to draw. Yeah. You know, is yeah. there a better medium? Yeah, I, I, yeah. You write about it, and you have to supplement the writing with drawing, and drawing with writing, and yeah. Or maybe you come There's up with actually, a way to diagram over time better. Yeah, but I don't know. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, like, that was that was this was that was this is sort of one of the design fiction things that I wanted to write. Oh about, yeah, I think this is this would be a great short story. 
Yeah, I think we couple a short story with a couple drawings, and I think it'd be pretty good. Right. I mean, you think about it, like, on one hand, it's like, well, you just bought some stranger's home, and this home kind of knows the neighborhood maybe more than the other homes because these people were local business aficionados, and it sort of just got to kind of gets to be your tour guide if you move to a new place. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. On the other hand, like, what if you inherit a home from your grandma, right? Like, do you. All of a sudden, you know, and, and you never, her. you had never met your grandfather, perhaps. Yeah, I never met your but, grandfather, or you like really miss your grandmother. You know, their tendencies might just kind of be left there, right? Yeah, that'd be. I kind of cool. like that, but then we we just come to the problem: like, how does that actually manifest itself? I don't know. Is it is it literally like a ghost, like a projection from? No. Like it's, no. <laughs> it's just things so that weird. are happening. No, I, I mean, a part of it, I think, is like, is it sort of like some of these recommendations that it gives, right? Like, uh, where should I eat dinner? Right? And it's like, well, you could try this. Um, so I was interested in it. Yeah. I mean, is that too subtle? I don't know. I think it's there. Or, uh, yeah, that's a good question. I mean, it's just, it's just the same as a layer of paint, except it's not physical. <laughs> Right, like what? What is the what comes up in the personality of a home? Maybe it's uh, the the openings are bigger, or smaller, or the windows. But like that's all just like regular design stuff. Windows, openings, open space. Part of it's like lighting, right? Does it light the home different? But yeah, or does it make the home smell different? But at the same time, that's stuff that like would you, as someone buying the home, want to be able to change that regularly? Like, do you say that some of these defaults are just kind of baked in and never, or it takes a while to change them? Well, maybe that's part of the contract. Maybe it's part of the, the defaults that are baked in, and the defaults, you know, the other ones that are manipulated. And maybe the when the person leaves, maybe that's part of their will. They're like, I want this to always be a part of this. Yeah, but that just sounds like a hassle for the new person to a certain extent. Like, what if? I mean, part of it's like, don't buy that home if you don't want to live with it. But part of it's like that kind of sucks that you can't change that stuff. Um, maybe it's, maybe it's, uh, some of these things that just kind of, you have to learn like, okay, so let's, how about this? So you think about like how machine learning, how deep learning works. It's like, it learns from a sample set over time and gets better and better and better through these sample test sets, right? These sample right. sets. It's like, I'm predicting, um, I don't know how long it's going to take you to get to work based on how many thousands of people who have taken the same route with these similar traffic conditions. And now I kind of understand that, or maybe that's a bad example, but uh, how to drive a self-driving car, what to do in these certain situations, you run that situation enough and the car knows how to do it. Um, right. So are there any of those things that sort of apply to the home? Cause those things would be harder to change, right? Like lights you can change by just changing a default or a smell, if such thing ever exists, you could probably change by changing a default. But what sort of actions could potentially take place in the home that could just be learned over time? How long it takes you to walk up to the stairs and get to a room to, before turning the light on, I guess? Or before adding some heat to the room or a certain smell or something? Like traveling, I think, would be a big one. Yeah. Traveling could be a big one, or like around or around the the house, home. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, certain events that you have, I guess. Yeah, like what kind of shape does it take when 
Um, you have people over. Uh, um, Ness Ness is a really good example. Like it supposedly knows if I'm walking home. Mm-hmm. It starts heating up. But that's sort of something you can just kind of say to it, right? And I'm walking yeah. home at this yeah. time. Yeah, I suppose. Um, so one thing I do is I'll open my window for a little while and then I'll close it um, because I have an idea of like that my room is now colder because it gets too warm. It's the warmest room because it's the most well insulated. Uh-huh. Uh, and so I never really know how long I keep my window open. Sometimes it gets a little too cool, you know? Yeah. Um, so that I think that's another one. It's not necessarily tied. I mean, it's lightly tied to identity because it's something that. Right. If you prefer a warmer, cooler. Yeah. Um, and that's something that could definitely piss people off. Yeah. <laughs> the that window is. is just actuating back and forth all day. Yeah, and then end up t- <laughs> you just solve that with a nest, right? Tell a nest when it gets over this temperature, chill. Yeah. Literally chill. I think maybe that's something that kind of comes up in the future is that we learn to we learn about what sort of things that we can actually control or someone figures out what's actually controllable. I think I think this is a really good exercise that we just have to work our way through and it's not necessarily going to happen in the next 10 minutes or so. No. I think I think not. that we should actually just um, spend some time trying to work out sort of how this situation would manifest itself and whether or not it's actually how, like how does it actually provide any good for people? Yeah, no. And hopefully (laughs) maybe someone, maybe someone listening, hopefully we have listeners. Uh, Maybe they'll have some ideas and they can send them our way. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Get some comments, get some discussion going, but yeah, definitely something we need to sit on and think about. Yeah. Maybe we'll come up with something really cool in the future, or someone else will, and we can be there to recognize it as actually useful to uh, how we inhabit space. Yeah. How long have we been going? Right at 42 minutes. So. Holy crap. I didn't think we'd been that long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I was shooting for 30 minutes. <laughs> well, I feel like the last like 30 minutes really flew by. The first 10 minutes were a bit of a... Struggle it was a rough. <laughs> it was a rough getting going there. Well, yeah, we definitely kind of got into this conversation at the end. All right. Well, I suppose we could probably wrap up and announce what our next topic will be. Do you have an idea of what you want this next topic to be? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> uh, let's talk about. Do we think we've exhausted home? No, I think we've exhausted no. home. To the extent that we're not going to have anything to talk about next week if we do the same topic. Okay. That's uh, fair. Yeah. I think we, yeah. Um, then let's talk about work. <laughs> no. Uh, uh, yeah, that's that's kind of putting it on the spot, isn't it? Well, let's, let's, let's put it open. And, well, you had some other ideas. What were they? Uh, optimism and modernism. Um, or here's something we can talk about is like uh, standardization of of things. Um, or okay. Standardization, culturalization. Uh, what what things do we kind of consider as like standard, or are we basically designing for everyone? When perhaps we have an opportunity now to design for everyone individually, to a certain extent. Everything should be mass customized. Yeah. End what, of conversation. Yeah. So what? Or thing, should it? Or should it? Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's a good conversation. Let's do that. All right. 
Mass customization. Mass or, not. or not. Cool. All right. Sounds good. Well, that sounds like a wrap on yep. our official. Episode one. Thanks for listening. Podcast. Yeah. Peace out. Peace out. <laughs>